all my life, I've always wanted to help people. Fast forward 40 plus years on this planet and I'm running the holistic clinic of my dreams. I founded the supplement company of my dreams and I'm stepping into each day like it's a dream. Now, I get to help even more people through this podcast and I want you to have the tools to feel your best, to optimize, to figure out what's going wrong and how to course correct. I believe in you so much. Knowledge is power, and we're going to transform your life together. School of Doza is in session. Greetings to the most amazing community I could possibly dream of. I'm so proud of you for all the hard work you are doing. The results you're getting, it's so amazing to hear so many positive messages from you each week. Never, ever give up on your health. You can always improve. Today, we're going to talk about five overrated supplements. And you know I'm a huge fan of supplements, therefore I want you to know what is really good for you, what's not really cracked up to what you think it should be, and then of course what's really important and what it does for you, right? Because you really want to get down to some of the geeky science stuff, you want to figure out why this is good for you, this is what this podcast is all about. And if you want to check out your own supplements and compare, you know, you can kind of see what you're taking and follow along. But before we begin, always know that you can watch our podcast on YouTube. Plus, there are a ton of great videos out there, and all you have to do is search Nurse Doza, so please subscribe. And if you're more partial to TikTok or Instagram, our handle there is Nurse Doza, in which I am sharing many videos on there daily, so please go check it out. All right, let's get into these overrated supplements. Class is in session. Now, full disclosure, I have a supplement company. It's called MSW Nutrition, and the supplements that we have are really good supplements. I'm really proud of them because each one of them is designed to help address an issue that somebody might have on their in their daily life. And I think that's what supplements really are designed for. And I think supplements are not a replacement. They're not a hack. They're a supplement. That's what they are, right? They supplement what you're doing in your daily lifestyle. Supplements are nutrients. And a lot of times you refer to them as vitamins, amino acids, antioxidants, minerals, These are all something that you can find at the grocery store, the pharmacy. You can find them online, and you're probably taking them. Supplements, at this point now, you know are pretty important for your health. And if you're not taking supplements, you should be taking supplements. I don't care if you take them from us or you take them from someone else. You should be taking supplements because they are vital to your overall function when it comes to the human performance, right? And if you think about performance, think about getting through your job. Uh, get 10 hours a day, right, can be stru- uh, an issue, right, for people. You know, every year you have to deal with a lot more stress, rush hour traffic, you know, deadlines, e- emails, right? And a lot of these things will weigh, weigh on your body. And so supplements are there to help support your body's ability to keep up with stress. That's the simple way to look at supplements, right? Don't take supplements when you're feeling sick. Take supplements because you don't want to get sick, right? And I think that's a different way to look at performance, right? Because preventative is even better than dealing with being sick all the time. And that's why I take supplements. That's why I take vitamins. I learned a long time ago, even in the science, that if our bodies were designed for supplements, then we can function well with it. And we're designed to take in the right supplements. But with so many supplements out there, it's hard to tell sometimes what people should be taking. And the supplements that are out there, a lot of times are not very good. I'm just gonna be honest. Right? There's a lot of supplements out there that you can go to your local grocery store right now and you can see you know, $5, $10 bottles of whatever, right? 
and it, they're probably not that great. And a lot of times we don't know what's in them, truthfully. And we have to absorb these things, right? We have to digest them. We have to absorb them. And a lot of times people will take supplements only because they were told they're supposed to do it. When, I, when you take supplements, I want you to understand you should feel a difference. You should notice something, an enhancement in your overall function. And that brings us to the first supplement. My first overrated supplement is vitamin B12. And if you would have spoke to me six, seven years ago, I would have said B12 is great. Everyone should be taking this. B12 is an essential vitamin that our body needs in order to function. You need a constant supply of it because B12 is a water-soluble vitamin. And the reason I think B12 is overrated, even though we offer this all the time in the clinic on a daily basis, is because B12 is not enough for most people. And, and, I, and I'm going to kind of get into that real quick. B12 comes in many different forms. So most likely, most B12 that's out on the market is an inferior form of B12. And so when someone takes B12 as a supplement, they might take it for energy, most likely. That's the number one reason why people take B12. A lot of the reason is they're anemic, right? So they're taking B12 because they're actually deficient in B12. Now, either way, the supplements that are out there, a lot of times have an inferior form of B12 called cyanocobalamin. And a lot of the products that you will see out there, if you see B12 in the energy drinks, you see it in um, mocktails, you see it in supplements, the impulse items at the store, Look at the ingredients, and I've you know, told you by now, you have to look at your nutrients and your uh, nutritional labels. The B12 that's usually listed on the back of most supplements is cyanocobalamin. Now, cyanocobalamin is an inferior form of B12, and my body personally does not do well with cyanocobalamin. And I think that's why I have to say B12 is an overrated supplement because a lot of times, even if you're taking the B12, right? So you, someone says, go get it for energy, you're taking it. What if it doesn't agree with you and you're taking it and it's actually doing more harm? There's another form of B12 out there called methylcobalamin, which is the opposite of cyanocobalamin. Methylcobalamin actually works really a lot better for most people. It works really well with me because I have a methylation issue known as an MTHFR issue. Now, I won't get into the science too much, but if you're interested, there's a genetic component to B12 metabolism. And you take B12 in and it goes through this gene called the MTHFR gene. And it takes the B12 and it uses it to make things in the body, right? That's why we take vitamins, right? You take vitamins and they make things in the body. And if you don't have enough of the vitamins, you won't make enough of the end product, right? That's function, right? Input, output. Well, even if you're putting the wrong B12, you're still not going to get the right output, right? I have an MTHFR genetic issue. You can go look up this test. Uh, we have a whole podcast on it for our reading lab segment. And I, I checked my B12 levels and my MTHFR gene a long time ago, and I was deficient in B12, and then I had an MTHFR issue. So genetically, I need the best kind of B12. That's what I found my with my research. I need a methylated form of B12 in order to metabolize that and process it and use it for things like energy production. And if I take cyanocobalamin, my body does not do well with it. And you think about all the people out there who have taken B12 over the years and you say, well, I thought it was giving me energy at first. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. Go talk to someone who's had a B12 injection, a methylcobalamin B12 injection. They will tell you there's a noticeable difference. When you get an injectable B12 and it's the right kind and it's the best way delivered, right, through an injection, you should get energy. And if you think about energy, right, because I keep bringing that up, People will take B12 injections, drinks, 
supplements because they want more energy, right? They, they, one of the reasons why I even thought about vitamins in the first place is because someone said, you can take this and you'll have more energy, right? It goes back to the function and performance we talked about. Well, your body could be deficient in B12, and that's why you're tired all the time, but your body's not deficient in caffeine, and that's why you're tired all the time. You know, the lack of B12 that you're not getting from your diet or the wrong kind of B12 could make all the biggest difference in the world. So I highly advise you when you're looking at your supplements to read the back of the supplement and, and look at the ingredients. Understand that B12 is classified as a cyanocobalamin or a methylcobalamin. There's also hydroxocobalamin. But the methyl is usually the one that most people prefer. So it's kind of the same thing. Like if you go to the store and you're looking at to buy an ingredient list, you know, you're pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you're going to want like the coconut oil, the avocado oil, the olive oil, you know, the food to be cooked in rather than the canola oil, the corn oil, which is an inferior product, inferior ingredient. If I'm going to take B12, I want the best kind. Usually methylated is, is really good for most people. Some people do better with hydroxo. So read your supplements. And before you start taking it, also understand this too. You probably need more than the B12. You probably need B9. You probably need B6. Just understand that. So instead of just the B12, take a B-complex, right? That's another reason why I just say just don't do B12. Do B-complex. Do all the B vitamins, right? We need all of those. Now, another overrated supplement is probiotics. I've had an interesting time developing this list of overrated supplements because over the years, I've had so many people tell me about the supplements they take. And one of the cool things I do in my consults is I usually go over supplements with people, like the ones they're currently taking. And so when people come into the clinic, we meet face-to-face -face or even online, they'll have a list or they'll bring in a bag full of supplement bottles. And that's really cool because some people will have five bottles, some people have 20 bottles of supplements they take. All right, now, I don't really care how many you take, it's up to you. I don't wanna take a lot of pills in the morning. I take supplements, I don't wanna take 10, 12 pills a day, that's just not, in my bag, right? I want to take one or two, maybe three or four at the most. I want to pack everything into one or two pills, right? That's why if you look at like liver boost and some people wonder why it's so expensive, our liver boost supplement is so expensive because there's like 16 ingredients in there. Like I said, when we were thinking about supplements, we were like, okay, I don't want to take 16 different pills to get everything I need for my liver. You know, I want to take everything in one pill, right? I told you, I don't want to take 16 pills. So condense. Right. And then and then when you take, you know, one or two things, make sure it's exactly what you need. Well, the reason I think probiotics is overrated is because it doesn't usually fix the digestive issues completely. And probiotics are normally discussed when it comes to digestive issues, bloating, uh, constipation, IBS, leaky gut, you know, you know, all the terms Crohn's and probiotics are a good idea. I think they're overrated in a sense that there's too much confusion behind it. Let's go into the weeds here. So there's millions of strains of, of bacteria in our body, right now speaking. Like you have good bacteria and bad bacteria in your body. The probacteria, the probiotics, are needed in your body in order for you to function. Just going back to pure function performance, your digestive tract has a, a big environment full of bacteria that's good for you and a little bit of bad bacteria because the body needs a balance. We want good and bad bacteria in our body, but we don't want an overgrowth of bad bacteria. We really want an overgrowth of good bacteria because the probiotics is what ferments our microbiome, our digestive tract, it keeps our pH levels healthy in our body, and our absorption intact. 
And I say this because our digestive tract is our absorption center. When we eat food, when we digest food, we take things in, it gets processed and absorbed through our digestive tract. And years of medications, alcohol, processed foods, gluten, sugar, all of this destroys the good bacteria in your digestive tract. And when people start taking a probiotic at age 19, at age 27, at age 37, they will notice a change at first, maybe an improvement. But then after a while, you'll say, well, you know, it worked at first, but I still have constipation. I can still only poop, you know, once or twice a week. And I took a probiotic and it helped at first, but it still didn't fix the problem. And I hear this routinely. And that's why I say I'll classify probiotics as an overrated supplement, because if you really want to take a probiotic, you have to figure out which strain you need more of. There's millions of strains of bacteria in the body. And what will happen is, like I said, there's a balance, good and bad. If there's too much bad bacteria and not enough of the good bacteria, you have what's called small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, SIBO. It's a common term now for gut dysbiosis, which is dysfunction of all the bacteria in your digestive tract. From years of processed foods, processed medications, processed drinks and alcohol, all the antibiotics you ever took disrupted and destroyed the good bacteria in your digestive tract, along with the bad bacteria in your body as well. Because that's what antibiotics do. When you have antibiotics, they're just, their job is to destroy all the bacteria in your body. And what's fascinating about it is if you think about all the years that you were sick, how many upper respiratory infections you've had, how many rest, uh, strep infections you've had, pneumonia, uh, lower GI issues, right, the stomach bug, how many times you've had to take an antibiotic for an ear infection over the course of your life, and each time you took an antibiotic, you destroyed a little bit of the good bacteria in your digestive tract. A little bit. You might have destroyed a lot, depending on the current state and health of that microbiome in that digestive tract. And if you think about someone who gets sick with a bacterial infection, I've said this before in our other podcast, you shouldn't get sick over and over and over again with strep that bacterial infection that causes strep, or it is strep. So whenever you get strep over and over again, your digestive tract is compromised. And what I think also at the same time, your immune system's compromised because your digestive tract is your immune system. It's a security wall that doesn't allow things into your body that shouldn't belong. Hence why all your food, all your medications have to pass through your digestive tract, right? And taking a probiotic to kind of override all the damage that's been done over the course of a lifetime that's why i said it's overrated because it's still not a magic pill that's going to fix all that yes the probiotics you take even if you get the right strain right the 50 billion count of this and it's refrigerated and it's 200 dollars, and it comes in from norwegian seas and you know whatever right like that's fine however did you change your diet did you take l-glutamine for your digestive tract right because i can make the case that l-glutamine shows up better in the research than probiotics do when it comes to leaky gut. All the research shows that probiotics will help with digestive issues. It's been known, but it's rare. And I go back to this, it's rare that we look at the whole picture, right? If we take a supplement, remember it's a supplement. It's not replacing your leaky gut. Let's be honest. The L-glutamine helps repair the leaky gut, but then you still gotta make sure that you, know, you eat the right things. And when I say eat the right things, think about this. If I really wanted to be a purist, and I say, I wanna get my probiotics from my diet, you can. And for all the people out there, carnivore, vegan, paleo, keto, whatever, 
you can get natural bacteria, good bacteria from your local environment and you can get that into your digestive tract to reset the good bacteria in your microbiome. Why and how? Farm to table food. The soil that farm to table food grows in has good bacteria in the soil, right? There's germs in there. And when you eat the veggies, you consume the good bacteria that were actually consumed in the veg vegetable. And then you eat that along with the starches, like let's say it's a sweet potato, right? You eat the sweet potato locally. The sweet potato fiber has been known to be a prebiotic that helps repair the fibers in leaky gut and digestive tract issues. And then the germs that were consumed in the sweet potato grown in the local organic soil has good bacteria that is gonna go into your digestive tract once you eat the sweet potato. And that's how you reset the digestive tract. That's how you reset the microbiome. You've heard of sauerkraut? Some people have heard of sauerkraut. Fermented foods are a healthy thing to restore your microbiome. And if you want good bacteria, good probiotics, you could take a supplement, like I said, or you could eat local organic food that has the probiotics you need in there. If you could find some local sauerkraut, research has shown it has lactobacillus in fermented sauerkraut. Maybe that's redundant to say fermented sauerkraut, but sauerkraut has lactobacillus bacteria already in it. So when you eat it locally, you get local probiotics from your food. That's, that's incredible, right? Like yogurt, same thing. If you can find, you know, healthy yogurt. Many commercial yogurts have to be fortified, by the way. So not all yogurts are created the same. Hence why it's like the same thing with probiotics, right? I mean, not every probiotics is the same. You have to get very specific. And so I think I'd rather just get from my diet, right? Because I can get all the things checked off right away, right? I can take a sweet potato from my local backyard with the local organic soil, get the probiotics right there, and I get the, the, the fiber to repair the digestive tract. Sweet potatoes are a supplement. And we have to supplement with sweet potato extract and the ingredients and the nutrients found in sweet potatoes because guess what? You're not eating sweet potatoes enough. And if you are, they're in the form of french fries. And they're probably not from the backyard. They're probably at a local bar or restaurant, fast food, right? And I don't know what those french fries were cooked in, right? Canola oil, peanut oil, instead of, you know, olive oil, coconut oil. And you see where we're going with this, right? Just to take a probiotic is not enough. You have to take the probiotic with the local organic food, maybe put the L-glutamine powder in there as well. And I keep saying L-glutamine powder for the digestive tract, for the win, MSW Nutrition, our gut powder, that's what it is. I, I tell everyone, do one to two scoops in the morning. You want to talk about an underrated supplement? I would say L-glutamine is underrated. Take one to two scoops of our gut powder first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, and your poops will be better. To me, that's what a supplement should do. Like, if you're talking about overall function and performance, I want to take a supplement that's going to help my poops. If you think about the store, think about the first thing that comes to mind, fiber. Right? You think about all the fiber that Metamucil, like all the, the years of fiber is over the counter for most people. And it's a known thing as you get older, you're going to need more fiber to help you poop. Okay, well, avocado has fiber. Sweet potatoes have that same fiber. It's true. But if you're eating local sweet potatoes, you know, you're, you're getting healthy fiber. You're supplementing that way. Once again, you don't have to hopefully take fiber supplements. Another supplement that I just, I can't get behind, I don't think is great. Another supplement I think is overrated are protein shakes. 
and I'm kind of hitting it hard this morning because I love this. Most people consume protein shakes. Protein shakes are a common thing amongst athletes, bodybuilders, even you know weekend warriors. Protein shakes are not all that healthy for you because it's all about what the protein is. And I looked at all the research here and you know how I like to do my research with all the articles and everything. Protein shakes are all made differently. And this goes back to if it came from nature, it's probably going to be better for you to digest and metabolize and absorb and use, right? That's what a nutrient is. The reason we eat food is because we need nutrients out of that food coming from the soil, right? Go back to that. We need to consume those nutrients from the earth and the soil and our nature, and we need to put it into our body for us to function. And if we don't get enough of that, we have to supplement. So if you think about where protein comes from, it comes from animal protein, comes from vegan protein, right? Think about avocados and broccoli and tofu, all right? Now, so protein shakes are processed, right? It comes in a bottle. It comes in a bag, and it's in a powder form, right? Which means it was something at one point and is a combined bunch of things at once, right? So it's a supplement. Protein shakes are a supplement. Because protein shakes now can have vitamins, amino acids in it. A lot of times people will put... Uh, um, you know, carnitine, proline, arginine in it, valine, your branch chain amino acids, right? And the bodybuilders will love protein shakes because that's how you get your gains, right? And you know about the theory of you have to have one gram of protein for, you know, every pound you weigh in order to get the gains. I've heard this. I've heard some people say it's two grams. My body can't handle that much protein, okay? Most people can't. And if you think about the protein you should be consuming, your protein should become in the form of, you know, beef or turkey or chicken, and if you're vegan, you can do your tofu, you can do your tempeh, you know, broccoli, avocados have protein in it. I think about that kind of protein is easier for the body to digest. Protein shakes are a hack. And I, like I said, well, so are supplements. I'm like, that's fine, but I look at the supplements. Like go to mswnutrition.com and look at the ingredient list. On the back of every bottle, it says, does not contain the following allergens, right? Gluten, wheat, soy, you know, there's, there's, there's a high quality organic list of ingredients that are in there because the body has to digest at the same time. Even think about the outer casing of your supplement. A lot of times it's the vegetable casing, right? And if that vegetable casing is there, is it easily digestible for the person throughout the digestive process? When you break down protein, we talked about this before, protein has to be broken down to the body and sometimes it gets broken down in an inflammatory way. You can consume the wrong kind of protein, not break it down correctly because you have leaky gut, digestive issues, and maybe even a fatty liver. And what happens is it causes inflammation in the body. And I, I looked at some research here because, you know, protein shakes have been notoriously given and recommended for people with diabetes. Think about the, I think it was Insure years ago, right? The caloric glucose intake that older, you know, patients need to consume because they're not consuming enough calories. So they need to consume protein. And then fast forward today, you hear about ideal protein. They, they do a protein diet. People lose weight off a high protein diet. And people gain you know, muscle off a protein diet. So you're saying, well, why are, you, why are you knocking protein shakes? Well, it's because the ingredients along with that protein. Like the ingredients in there, what type of sugars in there, right? What kind of sweeteners in there, right? It's, it, it's really hard to find a healthy preservative in protein shakes, let's be honest, right? Because it's a processed you know, uh, product. And, and you say, well, of course it is. You have to make it. Yes, you have to combine it and, and make things with it. And through that process, if I have to, I want to make sure it's healthy preservatives and ingredients along with the protein. 
right? You can break it down to a science. There's whey concentrate versus whey isolate, right? There's sorbitol, mannitol, xylitol, isomalt as a sugar or a preservative to help with packing, right? But even here, I have a website that talks about the FODMAP diet, which is great for people with, you know, digestive issues. And it says soy protein is a no-no on their diet. You think about soy, it's highly processed. Soy is GMO'd. Most GMO products are found in most household kitchen products like that we eat, right? You think about bread, you think about crackers, you think about cereal, oatmeal, rice. All these things have genetically modified organisms. And what these are known to do is keep the shelf life of all of our food longer. How long is your protein shakes good for? The powder, once you open it, or it's sitting in the back of the pantry. And you say, well, I know I can control the amount of protein in my diet. Okay. One scoop equals 20 grams, 25 grams of protein, right, for some. Two eggs, two chicken eggs equal 12 grams of protein, right? Some chicken, not big chicken, but decent amount of chicken. You can probably get 28 grams of protein from a chicken breast. Fish, 23 grams. 100 grams of tofu equals 12 grams of protein. So you can get protein from a very natural way. You don't have to do it through the protein shakes. And even for the vegan protein shakes out there, I have this thing with legumes. Because most vegan shakes are made with pea protein. And legumes are very hard for people to digest. And so I will make the case to most people who have digestive issues who are listening. If you're still having digestive issues and you've changed your diet, but you're still consuming a protein shake, look at the ingredient of the protein in there. If it's pea protein, I'm thinking those peas are not digesting with you very well and it's counterintuitive. Try cutting them out of your diet for about a week and see what happens. Consume more fish or chicken or you know something that's more of a natural protein base and see what happens. Another supplement I'm not a huge fan of, and since we're on the digestive track, let's keep going. I'm not a huge fan of digestive enzymes. Digestive enzymes are always referenced, and I'm not going to get into the weeds here because this is an easy case. Digestive enzymes are usually recommended for someone when they have digestive issues. You think about indigestion, constipation, you think about bloating, whatever, right, IBS. Some people swear by digestive enzymes when they eat meals. That's the only way they can consume that meal is if they eat the digestive enzymes. And for most people, digestive enzymes are things being released from your pancreas or your digestive tract that are allowing you to digest the food you're about to consume. That's what digestive enzymes do. And in theory, people have a deficiency of digestive enzymes. Now, that is true, but what happens is there's digestive, en digestive enzymes released all throughout the body. What digestive enzymes as supplements are usually referenced to are pancreatic enzymes. And so when you take digestive enzyme supplements, they're usually pancreatic enzymes with the idea that you're not making enough pancreatic enzymes, right? Amylase, prolase, uh, what's it, lipase. And when you're, when you're making these things, you should have no problem digesting your food. And because you have a deficiency, lack of production, then that could explain why you're not digesting your food properly and you must supplement with these digestive enzymes in order to eat your food. That is what the theory is and that's how it goes. And all the studies will even back this up. I'll be the first to say, think about this in the bigger picture. If someone has digestive issues, they have leaky gut, 
they have a fatty liver, right? And they're inflamed. Let's just assume that right now, which means if I look at their labs right now, I can tell that something's really going on with their digestive tract and their metabolism, okay? One in four people in this world have fatty liver, right? I beg the case that 1.2 million women or people a year, I think, in the U.S. have gallbladder surgeries. We have digestive problems in this country, and it's just rampant. It's, no one's ever talks about it, but the second you have heartburn, indigestion, gas, bloating, burping, fat, farting, right, you have a problem with digestion. And taking digestive enzymes is not going to fix your fatty liver. It's not going to fix your leaky gut. Yeah, it's going to help you break down some of the bread that you're still eating at dinner, which you should not be consuming. You shouldn't be consuming the dairy at dinner, and you shouldn't have to take digestive enzymes to break down the dairy at your dinner because you shouldn't be eating dairy. That's what got you in the trouble in the first place with your gallstones and your fatty liver. Your dairy was very hard in your digestive tract. And you and I both know that the cheese tastes good on the first bite, but on the third or fourth bite, you can already feel the heartburn developing. And the digestive enzymes aren't going to be enough. And my last supplement, my last supplement that does not hit my requirements, DHEA. DHEA. Now, I'm going to keep this very simple. I love the adrenal glands. If you want to really get natural, healthy stress, you should, or healthy energy, I'm sorry. If you want to get healthy, natural energy, you should address the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands respond to stress. And over the course of a lifetime, your adrenal glands are going to be overused and you're gonna be tired. So support your adrenal glands. They're like little batteries that you need to recharge. DHEA is an adrenal supplement. It's actually a, a steroid hormone. And your adrenal glands make lots of hormones, especially steroid hormones. They make cortisol, all right? They make testosterone. Your adrenal glands make testosterone and estrogen. Your adrenal glands are a hormone factory. And when people tell you to take DHEA as an adrenal supplement to help support all your adrenal hormones, I don't think that's a good idea. Because when you take one hormone to basically fix all your other hormones, explain to me how I know it's gonna work. And if you say, well, I can go look at labs, perfect, let's look at the labs. Because what happens with just adrenals, they make lots of hormones. You have to check all the hormones to make sure the DHA is converting to the right one. It can convert to too much cortisol, too much cortisone, too much estrogen, that's bad for a guy, too much testosterone, that's bad for a female. And I know it might help at first, but if your adrenal glands are tanking, DHEA is not the supplement. And like I said, you, it might raise your numbers, but after a while, you'll talk to most practitioners that say, you can't be on it too long. And I'll tell you why, because I don't know which hormone the DHEA that you're supplementing with is converting to. Is it more cortisol? Is it more you know, uh, cortisone? Is it a testosterone? DHT was another possibility, a very active form of testosterone. And I have a chart right here, if y'all want to look at it, uh, on one of the references we linked, that shows you the conversion. So like I said, if you want to support the adrenals, adrenal bovine is a way to do it, right? Vitamin B5, vitamin B6, like that's not overrated. You should get more B vitamins in your diet. And what's not overrated is um, glandular supplements like liver, adrenals, thyroid. I mean, you supplement them with your hormones anyway, right? But those supplements, and I can say it's kind of hard to make this list, but those supplements, I think out of all of them that I've heard throughout the years, are overrated. You don't need to necessarily just focus on those if you decide to include DHEA or digestive enzymes, protein shakes, what B12 and probiotics into your diet and your supplement list. That's fine, but understand you're probably gonna need more than that.
right? If you want to graduate to a top shelf supplement or a recommendation, take something that's really going to show up in your labs and make a difference in your everyday function, all right? Go to mswnutrition.com. My favorite supplement at the moment right now is still Boost. I mean, I take that every day. It has the methylated B12 that I was talking about earlier that my body needs. Go use code Nurse Doza. It'll give you energy. It's clean energy. It's nice energy, and it's, you know, focus energy. And if you need more help, go study all this again. Go listen again. Listen to other podcasts. Listen to other episodes. Knowledge is power. Thank you so much for taking the time to learn and improve upon your health knowledge. That's always going to give something back to you and also help you become more of an educated consumer in the world of supplements. So thank you for listening. And until next time, class is concluded. Keep working on your health.